following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Lord, open our hearts to hear your word. Let us be doers of that word, not just hearers. In your son Jesus' name, amen. So when you start in seminary, and we actually had a discussion about this uh, this morning during setup, uh, you take a class, I guess you don't start with it, but down the road, everyone looks forward to homiletics, which is the fanciest way of saying, we're going to preach good. So homiletics is the study of sermonizing. And in that class, you know, they give you this breakdown of, here's how you're supposed to preach. Here's how it's supposed to go. Here's all these things. And one of the things is, you know, you need to have a good introduction. Think of good stories. Think of, think of a way to draw people in. And let me tell you, sometimes it's really easy for me to find those stories in my own life. To go, oh, here's this thing that I can talk about and it'll connect here. There were jokes that when Chelsea and I went to Germany, it's like, oh, look at all the sermon illustrations. And listen, I'm holding back. German sermon illustrations are coming. But... Sometimes you get stuck in a place and you go, how am I going to do that? And let me tell you, my friends, there is a cheat code. Some of you who are young are not going to understand this. Some of you who are my age or older will understand. It's Reader's Digest. There used to be this thing called magazines. And it was a paper version of the internet. And I remember in our house we would get Reader's Digest and it was fun. It was, there were cool stories in it. It was like, You know, it's kind of like chicken soup for the soul. And so as we are looking over the coming weeks, we're saying, we're talking about investing the kingdom. And we say there are five capitals that we invest for the kingdom. Financial capital, physical capital, um, intellectual capital, relational capital, spiritual capital. So we're going to spend a week on each of those with us living out physical capital next week on Serve Sunday. But as I was thinking about it, I was like, so what... How do we invest our physical capital for the sake of the kingdom? Well, I came across some great stories from the cheat code that is Reader's Digest. So let me read some of these to you. Seven miles for me. Leaving a store, I returned to my car only to find that I'd locked my keys and cell phone inside. A teenager riding his bike saw me kick a tire and say a few choice words. What's wrong, he asked. I explained my situation. But even if I could call my wife, I said, she can't bring me her car key since this is our only car. He handed me his cell phone. Call your wife and tell her I'm coming to get the key. That's seven miles round trip. Don't worry about it. An hour later, he returned with my key. I offered him some money, but he refused. Let's just say I needed the exercise, he said. Then, like a cowboy in the movies, he rode off into the sunset. Clarence W. Stevens, Nicholsville, Kentucky. Something to give. As I walked through the parking lot, all I could think about was the dire diagnosis I had handed my patient, Jimmy. Pancreatic cancer. Just then I noticed an elderly gentleman handing tools to someone working under his stalled car. That someone was Jimmy. Jimmy, what are you doing? I yelled out. Jimmy dusted off his pants and said, My cancer doesn't tell me not to help others, Doc. He said before waving the old man to start the car. The engine roared to life. 
The old man thanked Jimmy and drove off. Then Jimmy got into his car and took off as well. Take home message. Kindness has no limits and no restrictions. Mohammed Basha, Gainesville, Florida. Blanket statement. When I was seven, my family drove to the Grand Canyon. At one point, my favorite blanket flew out the window and was gone. I was devastated. Soon after, we stopped at a service station. Moping, I found a bench and was about to eat my sandwich when a biker gang pulled into the station. Is that your blue Ford? A huge, frightening man with a gray and black beard asked. Mom nodded reluctantly. The man pulled my blanket from his jacket pocket, handed it to her, and then returned to his motorcycle. I repaid him the only way I knew how. I ran up to him and gave him my sandwich. Zena Hamilton, United Kingdom. A clutch moment. This week I had spent time back in the town I grew up in, and my dad had an errand for me to run. My uncle needed a few things that had been my grandpa's, and my dad asked me if I could meet him in the middle as we live about an hour and a half apart. My uncle and I scheduled a time to meet up later in the week, and were able to, I was able to give him what he needed. However, halfway home, I put in the clutch. I drive a standard truck and felt a pop. Sure enough, I could no longer shift. My momentum took me through the turn I was making, and there was a small parking lot of a church ahead of me. I double-checked and hopped out and started to push. The truck was heavy. Next thing I know, someone had hopped out and is pushing from behind. He says, let me get you into the parking lot. I hopped back in the truck and steer as I get in and turn around to wave as he hops in his truck and drives away. Ted Daring, Georgetown, Texas. It's amazing the impact we can have on people through simple physical acts. None of these were people spending time or spending money. They were all spending their physical presence. Right? You have a biker who says, hey, I found your blanket. You have a man diagnosed with cancer who says, that doesn't mean I can't stop and help. A kid on a bike who says, yeah, I'll ride seven miles round trip to get you this key. And me, I was pulling off of 95 and Taylor, taking old Georgetown Road to connect with Chandler to get home from going to Elgin, and I put in the clutch. And I've had a clutch pop on me before, and as soon as that went in, I was like, oh, no. Because heads up, a standard will not shift without the clutch. Luckily, I was already in neutral, because had we been in first, that would have been issues. And there was enough momentum to get me out of the major traffic, and then I got to a point where I thought I was going downhill, and there's this little church parking lot. I knew it was right there. I was like, okay, luckily I can get off. Well, let me tell you, when the clutch goes out, so too your power steering, because there's a connection there. And so I'm, you know, I'm now manhandling the steering wheel, and then I get to a point, and I'm like, okay, I've lost my momentum. So you do the thing that you think will work, right? You know, you're back and forth, right? That's not working. So I hop out and I'm like, oh, this is a truck. It's in neutral. I'll get it going. And I start pushing and it's like, that's a lot heavier than I thought. And a guy towing a landscaping trailer, parks, throws on his flashers, hops out and just goes, hey, I got you. 
And he starts pushing me. He sees that I'm angling towards the parking lot. And the other thing was, to get to the parking lot, there's about 50 yards of just pavement, of driveway. And he pushes me about 25 and gets me enough momentum to get into this parking lot to wait for a tow. And he was gone before I could thank him. But just the fact that he would throw his truck. Now, I was blocking the road. But let's give him some benefit of the doubt here. That he just hopped out. I mean, it was immediate. When God calls us to invest physically who we are, I think this is one of the simplest forms of how we invest in the kingdom. Because these four stories, three cheater mode and one me tricking you, but they're all simple stories. They're all things that we could do. Maybe not the guy who's fixing the car. That takes a little more knowledge. But it's simple things. Let's take a look at John chapter 6, our reading from today. So this is a moment Jesus has been preaching and teaching and the crowds have gathered and this is a very well-known moment. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, and I love this, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Could you imagine being Philip? You've been following Jesus for a while and now all of a sudden he turns to you and goes, hey, where are we supposed to do this? And like, my, uh, you're Jesus, like, the questions go one way. Like, why are you asking me? Like, this is a Jesus answer. Like, you got this. But he turns to Philip. And I love when he does this because what he's doing is he's the master teacher, right? He's going, I want people to pay attention to what's about to happen. So he asks this of Philip. And Philip goes, uh, so 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to even get a little. So it's going to take, uh, Jesus, it didn't take a lot of money. We should have planned for this. Well, you know, we could have had a meeting and gotten some volunteers and, you know, like uh, could have had some serving lines, maybe potlucked it. I don't know. And I love that Andrew overhears this. And what just must feel like foolishness is he goes, Jesus, there's this kid. He's got some loaves and some fishes. Right? This is basically him going, Jesus, this one kid is truant from school. And he came to listen to you, and he packed his lunch. That's the amount of food he has. I don't know about all of you, but like, that's like a Lunchable. And Lunchables are like just enough. So you're going, let's share this Lunchable with at least 5,000 people. And then you get into the whole thing of like, okay, who gets the, like the, is anyone getting a piece of the brownie? Or is it like, you know, this Lunchable, how are we going to split this all up? What kind of Lunchable is it? And it's two fish, five loaves. And Jesus feeds a mountainside of people. And what I love about this story is there's so many places you could go with it, but I love that Andrew says there's a kid here with five loaves and two fish. It wasn't like the kid woke up and was like, I'm going to listen to Jesus. 
I better pack a big lunch. No, he just rolled up with what he had. This, this was his lunch for today. Now, you'd think, you know, these 5,000 people might have been as prepared as a kid. They weren't. But so the kid has what he has. And when we think about investing in the kingdom of God with the physicality aspect, with this, this capital of our physical nature, it's looking and saying, what do I have? The first thing you got is a body. It's easy for us sometimes in the um, spiritual day and age, and, and this isn't new, but for us to try and separate and say, oh, spiritual things are better than physical things. Because we get lost in some of this idea that we talk about the flesh, and the flesh is bad. We have that in our readings today where it's like, oh, don't follow the flesh. And we go, okay, flesh bad, spirit good. But what the idea of, when, when you read Scripture and you run into this idea of the flesh, that specific quote, it's not talking just about your physical body. It is talking about following your physical wants and desires over knowing what Jesus has called you to. So the flesh, in terms of your body, is not evil. It is created by God. And it is interwoven with the spiritual. So the act of someone pushing my truck into a parking lot is not just a physical act. It is interwoven with the spiritual why do we look and, and love these stories? Why, why does Reader's Digest, this was 30 stories. It was like, here are 30 stories of kindness. I read all of them. I just needed a couple. Why did I keep reading them after? Because they're nice. Like, the world is terrible. And I love that every once in a while, like, you run across something like this, and you go, you know what? I'm going to invest in people being nice. I'm going to read this story. Why do we like that? It's because we look and it's a reflection of who God created us to be. That physical service of others is wrapped into our soul. So we are gifted the bodies we are given, not just for ourselves, but for others. Now hear me as I say this. What I'm talking about is Acts of service. I'm not talking about your body belongs to everyone. That, no, not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is God has given you the physical ability to bless others with your hands. To help them by simply doing. Now the other thing that God has gifted you with is your things right? I love the story of the kid on his bike that he sees a guy kicking his truck tires and cussing because he locked his keys in the car. Listen, me as a teenager is like, see you later. <laughs> but this kid asks, what's wrong? How can I help? What did he have? He had himself and a bike. That was it. But he used what he had to help. That when we look at our bodies, 
and what God has physically given us, we think about the idea of our head, our heart, and our hands. To look and to say, we know what God has taught us. We know what Scripture tells us. And then we take that and we want it to sink deeply into who we are. We want it to be a part of our soul. We want that mind knowledge to become a heart knowledge of our identity. Because as those two things combine, we start getting to go out and do things with our hands. And then God says, and let me give you some things that you can do this with. That truck whose clutch is costing more than I'd prefer to repair. When I first got that, it was a huge blessing. It was a moment where it was an unexpected time where I bought a new car. Didn't think I could. My parents' gift to us when we graduated college was they said, we want to help you buy a nice used car. It just lined up for me that this truck was the right price. I had saved some money. There were some rebates involved that I was able to buy a brand new truck. And I remember praying that night, Lord, this is a blessing that I did not look for. And I want to be able to use it to help people. And I regret that prayer. Because when you have a truck, and then if you tell people that you've told the Lord, this is a blessing, I want to serve people, you know what they do? They call you. And they go, hey, I see you have a truck. Now listen, sometimes that was real easy for me. Friends, family members called me, go, hey, could you come help me out? Oh yeah, no problem. But then there's sometimes that it's like random acquaintances know you have a truck, and they go, hey, I gotta go pick up this bed. I told the Lord I would use this for people. I told the Lord I would, okay, let's go do it. The Lord gifts us things not just for us to have things. The Lord gifts us things because we can serve others with those things. And it's going to look different for all of us, right? Because here comes this kid rolling up with loaves and fishes, and it's used to bless a ton of people. But we look throughout scriptures, and different people use different things. You can look at um, Lydia, who Paul and his crew rolls up to as she's leading a prayer meeting, outside Philippi, and they share the gospel, and Lydia goes, oh my gosh, I'm super rich. You should use my house. And Paul's like, duh, we're there. So Lydia starts the first church in Philippi with Paul in her house, because she's basically Dolce and Gabbana. And she's like, come on. She invites everybody in. Because she has the ability, she uses what has been gifted to her for the benefit of the kingdom. You can look throughout scripture and people go, look, I don't have money, but I have this. You can look throughout your life and see people who go, yeah, you can use this thing. And it could be something as simple as calling someone and saying, hey, I lost my 10 millimeter socket. You got one? To as big as going, 
hey, you're, you're between housing stuff right now. Can, can we take you in for, for a minute? Can we care for you? There's a lot of different places this can go, but God gives us our physical bodies and he gives us our things to be blessings to us, but then to bless others. So let's look. There's something going on out with the kids today. That's, I just want to pause for a second to say, I love that we have a church that has that happening. Like, it just makes me so happy because I know our kids are learning about Jesus. Oh, I love it. Back into it. Let's look at Galatians 5. Will's going to throw this up on the screen for us. For you are called to freedom, brothers, only... Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The freedom we have is to serve others. The freedom we have is to give for their sake. I love the idea of when this is repeated over and over to love your neighbor as yourself because you don't need to earn God's love. That's done. He calls you to honor him with what you do, but his love is yours. That's taken care of at the cross. There's nothing that can take that away. So you want to know what freedom is? Freedom is serving other people, not because God's looking down going, you didn't help that lady cross the street. Purgatory, right? Like, that's not what's happening. He's up there going, man, I love you. That's taken care of. And so you get to go, I'm not worried about what God feels about me. I want to love other people for their sake. Not because if I love them, maybe they'll follow Jesus and then Jesus will love me more. No, listen, we pray. We want people to know Jesus. We want people to follow him. But we love and serve our neighbors for their sake. And so when we look at this physical way of loving and serving, there are a couple of questions. Where does this happen? Well, here's the beauty of it. Where are you? That's where it's happening. Wherever you physically go, that's where this can take place. It can take place in your home. It can take place in your communities. Here at Narrative Church, it can take place. It can take place in the places you work. It could take place in the gas station as you are filling up on the other side of the state. Wherever you go, you can physically invest for the kingdom by looking around and saying, Lord, where are you calling me to love and serve others? And what I love about the idea of physical capital is it is simple. It's not complicated. Last week we talked about money. That can get a little dicey and complicated. This one is not complicated. Do you see someone in need of help? Help them. Do you see something that you have that can help fill a need? Let it be filled. The good news of Jesus is that he loves us. And these physical gifts to us, he uses those to bless other people. They can be works of our physical body, or they can be things we use to bless other people, but they happen wherever we go. And here's what we find out. As we invest physically, it's not only a benefit to our neighbors. 
what we start discovering is that as we invest physically in kindness where we go, it in turn blesses us. Amazing how God works. Because listen, you got to think about that kid with five loaves and two fish. We don't see him again, but every time I think about him after all this goes down, I think of the little kid from The Incredibles, right? That he's just sitting there waiting. What are you waiting for? Something amazing, I guess. Right? Like, he, this kid just watched his lunch turn into a banquet. Like, you can't tell me that kid's just not sitting there going, I will follow this guy wherever he goes. Like, he has got to just be mind blown. And that's what God does. When we invest physically, he's going to start blowing our minds to see what happens, to hear the stories of how that can bless others. So as you go, look for the opportunities. Go with eyes open. Think about that song we sang today. Slow me down. Lord, slow me down to see the opportunities to physically invest in loving my neighbor. Don't just think it has to be feeding 5,000 people. It could be pushing someone's truck into a parking lot. It could be even smaller than that. And be present. Engage with people. Invest what God has given you for the sake of the kingdom. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that you have given us physical blessings that we can invest in the kingdom. Lord, whether it is the body you've given us or the things in our life, may we use those to serve you and invest in the kingdom and love our neighbors. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.